Jones and Emil Franzink's Voices of the West, dedicated to the principle that America was better off when our TV shows featured cowboys instead of lawyers. Well, here we are. It's another edition of Emil Franzi's Voices of the West. It certainly are. And, uh, uh, ha- <laughs> that's how we bring in the new year. <laughs> <laughs> oh, buckaroo up. Happy new year to, uh, what everybody. year is it anyway? I think it's 2022. On the horn with us from his sprawling Cochise County ranch is our good friend, oh, Doug, uh, Doug Hawking. He's sprawling around himself, too. <laughs> Hi, Doug. Hey, pretty good. Hey, it's the first time I've ever been on the radio without pants on. Oh, wow. <laughs> T-M-I. Uh, well, I don't want, I'm not going to ask you whose underwear you're wearing. Hang, so. on, hang on a second. I'm going to conference us with uh, Todd. Oh. Stand by here. Uh, beeping us? Is that yeah. the noise there? That's, uh, now, now Todd should be with us. You with us, Todd? No, no. No, he's not. There we go. Oh, gentlemen. There he is. That's about time. <laughs> something happened to well, the bunker. Something happened to you the know. clean feed thingy, so that's where what we got. Oh, is that is it is the techni- technological you know, 22nd century it, it, it's, BS? It, it, yeah, it's the BS of the no, uh, of the new year. This is been really true. Harry's just coming for me. He knows that I'm still drunk from last night. So. <laughs> you sound stuffed <laughs> up. Are you stuffed up? Well, you know, I, I hung over. Stuffed up. I just, I stuffed myself. There you no. go. Right. Uh, you know, listen, I had a hot time in the old town last night. All right. Uh, cider, cheese candy, and a board game. I mean, you, you guys, I don't think you keep up with me. Hey, I, I, <laughs> I, talk, I can top you all night long. Hey, me too, man. We started celebrating the new year at 5 p.m. Arizona time. And the reason for that, yeah. it's midnight. Mean- at midnight at uh, Greenwich, mean uh, Greenwich, England. So that's good where you start. A jolly good New Year. That's where you start, and you go an hour every hour on the hour. And uh, uh, she managed till one. I managed till about two. No, you you got stamp power. <laughs> well, my New Year's was. I, I, if you guys can top this, I'll I'll take my hat off to you. And I don't even have it on now, but. There was almost a shooting at my place. The SWAT team was out. Damn. Uh, it it started around, I'd say, a little bit before two. Uh, four calls to nine one one. It was only after the gun showed up that the, the police showed up. That was about four hours later. And uh, then right on top of it. And then it's, uh, and on top of that, it starts pouring raining, and everybody's out there, and so they got us all standing in the rain taking depositions. Right. I mean, it was, it was a humdinger. I, I wish every New Year's was like that. That was different. <laughs> Doug, how was my Doug, how was my yours? got invited to Nigeria hey, for Christmas. Nice. One of them is, is dating a boy, a Catholic boy from from Nigeria. And, and so, of course, we're reading, and, and what do we get? Oh, my gosh, Muslim rebels have shot up a bunch of Christians in Nigeria. Oh, gosh. And taken the women to be sex slaves. <laughs> and I'm looking at that and going, damn, they're in trouble if they got my granddaughters. Well, that top's mine. <laughs> How much money they well, want? How much money they want to uh, make everything right? <laughs> yeah, what Nigerian... But nothing says you're in a safe country like being met at the airport by the family's bodyguards. Yeah, there you go. Well, you know, yeah. <laughs> my mother, my thirty years ago, my mom went to Nigeria. She went to Lagos with the her with her best friend at the time, who was the daughter of the former president, who had been shot to death in his Mercedes mm. by about a hundred bullets, mm. and uh, her sister. Which she, you know, her they have more than one wife in Nigeria, so um, <laughs> she, she had a family of like thirty siblings, and one of her sisters was now the president's, the first lady of Nigeria, and so 
they, 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 she, her name is Wimmy, and Wimmy and her sister took my mom all over Nigeria and all over Lagos and saw every family member they could and everywhere they went. And the two things that I remember most about the trip was you couldn't get a glass of water to save your life, but you could drink all the beer and Fanta you could get your hands on <laughs> uh, uh, until, until your, your ears were going to float away. Nice. Number one. Number two, my, the, the first lady and her sister, uh, Wimmy, would take my mom into the National Museum. And they're walking along, and my mom looks at this pieces of ebony and ivory, and she's my God, these are just gorgeous. And the first lady looks up and goes, oh, Lynn, you like it? Really? Well, she walks over, grabs it off the shelf, and hands it to my mother. Here, take it. And my mom's like, no, 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 no. I insist it, it is my, my husband's country. So uh, it's hard to argue with the lady who's your host, you know. Um, The other thing was is they made, um, my mom said, the most hottest stew you ever had, spicy. It had a little bit of this red pepper. They put only about a tablespoon in it in a big crock pot. It would still be too spicy for her. So everywhere they went, they would make her her own little pot of the same stew but without the spices. Yeah. So she had a lovely time, but she said, thank God um, I didn't have to eat that spicy stuff because uh, they would have sent me home in a body bag. <laughs> uh, but uh, she, she, did, she did have a quite an experience. Um, I also, uh, and Harry, this is whenever you decide for me to do it, I would like to talk about today's Rose Parade equestrian teams. Please do so right now, Todd. Don't forget Big Jim Griffin. Well, we ladies and gentlemen, you. Happy New Year to all of us and all of you uh, and all of our listeners out there. And uh, I watched, as I do every year and have all my life with my mom, who's now gone, uh, the Rose Parade. We watched it for two reasons. We watched it for the marching bands. And it's free. My mother was a majorette, so she had to, and it's free. Uh, you know, my mother loved the marching bands. I loved the horse uh, uh, equestrian drill trains. And I had, there's a, there were 16 of them this year, more than any other year, more more teams than I've ever seen. And the ones that are really special uh, uh, mention are the mini therapy horses um, that are literally uh, little tiny, tiny ponies come up to about the knee. Uh, they're walked, no one's riding them, and they're taken all over um, to veterans' hospitals for PTSD uh, uh, victims uh, in veterans' hospitals all over the country. Nice. And it's all volunteer, and they raise money and do that. The best outfits, I have to say, were the Arabian Horse Association. Mm-hmm. Um, they were all dressed up as... Um, um, Arabian women uh, with the full outfit. Um, and the other two are the Victorian Roses ladies riding society, which are riding horses in full-blown uh, Victorian ruffles and frills and mm. taffeta and so on. So the Los Hermanos uh, Banuelos Charles, uh, the guy was spinning a 20-foot or more diameter loop. Wow. around him for a good three, four minutes. Mm. It was just amazing. Nice. Um, of course, the Buffalo Soldiers were fabulous. I also want to mention, of course, the Hawaiian POW riders, uh, which are dressed in these fabulous Hawaiian gowns, um, just gorgeous, and they're all mounted on horseback. Of course, we know that the horses were brought over by uh, King, the King of Spain's cowboys right. in 1842. Well, because... Uh, the King uh, uh, King Kamehameha wrote to them and asked them, uh, would he teach his, some of his men how to become cow- cowboys? And that's why we have Caniolos. Last but not least, the best always in my view is Spirit of the West Riders, which is our great friend who will be on the show this year, Phil Spangenberger and yeah. his wife, Linda, and right. their fabulous uh, troop of mounted uh, a mountain man and a cavalry soldier and a scout and a wild west guy and just nice. there's about a dozen of them or so and they all look fabulous so there you go that sounds great Spangleburger that's awesome he's it, awesome it was it sounds like it was a great parade great parade it was it, it was, was really nice it's gonna be good well yeah there you go it was fabulous more more teams than I've ever seen before 
uh, of course, Nola spoiled me by making the angel on horseback <laughs> and uh, uh, hatch green chili potatoes. And uh, I sat there like I was King Kamehameha, King Kamehameha myself mm-hmm. and ate and just was uh, uh, happy as a clam. Yeah, you sit there and rub your belly. We've got uh, a little bit of uh, housekeeping to do here. Big Jim Griffith. Actually, this isn't housekeeping. Okay. This is paying respects you, to the, a fellow. Talk about who he was. Well, Big Jim Griffith. Are you familiar with him, Doug? I'm sure you are. Uh, no, not right offhand. Okay, well, uh, as, actually his name was James uh, S. Griffith or Big Jim Griffith. He was the founder of the uh, Tucson Meet Yourself. But he was a folklorist, a region uh, for regional people, uh, Mexican, Anglo history, uh, whatnot. He was an anthropologist, played a banjo like you wouldn't. He's one of the, he was he's considered one of America's great banjo players. Right. There was Steve Martin. Nice. Anyhow, maybe better than Steve Martin. Uh, like I say, he was co-founder of Tucson Meet Yourself uh, Folk uh, Festival. He had three degrees from the U of A and Ph.D. in cultural anthropology and art history was his minor. He's author of several books on Arizona and New Mexican cultural history and folk heritage. He was a 2011 National Heritage Fellow by the National Endowments of the Arts, which is pretty, pretty damn impressive. Mm-hmm. He actually, in 1984... He played banjo with Dean Armstrong in the Arizona Dance Hands at the Old Time Fiddlers Contest that they used to have every year in Armory Park, and that was quite a deal, that Old yeah. Time Fiddlers. Yeah, it was. Yeah. It was. I wish they'd do start that back up. Uh, one of his books was Saints, Statues, and Stories of Folklorist Looks at the Regional Art of Sonora, and that was came out in 2019. He was uh, director of the University of Arizona Southwest Folklore Center for almost two decades. Uh, he uh, did a column with the Star, Our Story, Desert Lands. It was a series that he ran. Another book that he did, which is pretty well known, A Border Runs Through, A Journey in Regional History and Folklore, out in 2011. And uh, he did, used to do a two-hour, he used to do a, a, I'm not getting this right. He used to do a piece on Arizona Illustrated, uh, about a five- to ten-minute piece telling stories. And he did that for years. Uh and he also, he's famous for his quote, I was born tired and raised lazy. <laughs> and that, that folks, is uh, the big, legend and big Jim. glory of Big Jim. Big well, Jim. Doug Hawking, what are you and Sam Spade working on? Oh, gosh, I'm writing a book. Working title is uh, Working on the Railroad, yep. Train Robberies from the Southern Corridor. Ah. Oh, well, tell us about one. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I mean, it's hard um, you've got a lot of them. I know this was a hot spot between here and Benson. Yeah, well, uh, there, there was one at Apache that nobody seemed to have heard of, and it was actually a big deal in, in 1916. Hmm. Uh, they held up the train out there at Apache. Hmm. And a bunch of bad boys from Oklahoma. Oh, there's Okies. <laughs> More fun, though, was was Grant uh, Wheeler and Joe George, who were good old-fashioned Cochise County cowboys. You know, they cowboyed, they rodeoed, and they robbed trains. <laughs> there you go. That's cowboys in Arizona <laughs> for you. It's a, County, it's a Cochise County tradition. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, these guys uh, tried to hop the blind in Wilcox and were detected. And so they pulled their guns and escort the engineer to the, or the engineer, the train crew, to the locomotive. And by now, the entire town of Wilcox knows that the train is being taken. (laughs) Except one person, C.S. Fly, the photographer. He's in town on business, and nobody tells him. Oh. In Wilcox, they think that would be unsporting. But <laughs> <laughs> so he finds out the train's already pulling out of the station, and he goes looking for a horse. And we all know from the movies that there's lots of horses tied up 
fat and sassy at the hitching rail, right? Of course. Just hitching to so, make yeah, a run. Not yeah. a horse. Yeah, he couldn't find a horse. <laughs> so he takes off after the train on foot. <laughs> <laughs> and chases it for over a mile without catching up. <laughs> Imagine that. Meanwhile, the boys get out in the flyer and they unhitch the train, uh, the passenger cars from the express. And while they're doing that, the express man shoves all the loose money in his pockets, walks <laughs> up the safe and hops off the express car, and he goes running back toward Wilcox perhaps hoping to meet C.S. Fly. <laughs> and get his picture taken. <laughs> yeah. So the boys take the train further out, and uh, they they head on back with the engineer, and they tell, they scream to the door of the express car, open up or we'll blow off the engineer's head. Of course, the express agent, well on his way to Wilcox, can't hear them. <laughs> they don't kill the engineer. They blow the door. And then they get inside. They find 8,000 pesos in 1,000 peso sacks. And they use them as tamping. <laughs> and they blow the express car and pesos all over the playa. Oh, boy. Which wow. turns out to be a mistake because now Wells Fargo's angry over the loss of the safe and yep. Southern Pacific's angry over the loss of the express car. And in Mexico, they say, it's only pesos. And everybody else is <laughs> scrambling to the playa looking for pesos. <laughs> now, is that paper pesos or silver pesos? Uh, the silver pesos. I mean, that's, the paper pesos don't make good camping. Yeah, really. <laughs> <laughs> Get your head cut off. Oh, God. And they drive around Cochise County for a month, and it just, you know, uh, Grant is, is, is a rodeo hero uh, who has done some fantastic things, been in the paper the last year, uh, wins races riding bunk. You know that horse got his name, right? Mm-hmm. Cowboys arguing, <laughs> I got the fastest horse. No, my horse is the bastard. No, mine's the bastard. That's bunk. He says you're never that bunk. I got two bits as my horse, horse is faster. That's bunk. The fastest horse. <laughs> <laughs> and he, uh, he, but he, uh, man, he's in the papers because he injures himself. Can you imagine anybody writing stories about an injured cowboy? <laughs> Come on, it happens every day. You ever really? count a cowboy's fingers? Yeah, right. Yeah. I've never met one that had all of them yet. Yeah, it's hard to order four beers in a, in a saloon. <laughs> and on that note, we got to take our very first commercial break here. We're talking with uh, Doug Hawking down in Cochise County, Todd Roberts, Harry Alexander, and Booker France with you. On Emil Franzi's Voices of the West, this is our um, New Year's show. Yippee! And Happy New Year to, to y'all. We'll be back right after these messages. Arizona, the land of cattle, copper, and cowboys. It's also the true west where a large number of westerns were built. For your next vacation, come out to where Wyatt Earp made a name for himself as a highly respected sheriff. Stay where Jimmy Stewart filmed Winchester 73. That would be the White Stallion Ranch. Situated in the mountains just northwest of Tucson, the White Stallion Ranch is an award-winning dude ranch with 43 guest rooms and the Hacienda. That's a five-bedroom, three-bathroom home perfect for larger families, family reunions, and girlfriend getaways. Every guest room has a private patio with views of the cactus gardens, mountains, or corrals. Generous floor plans offer sunny, comfortable rooms, but you won't want to stay in your room. Outdoor activities are plentiful at the White Stallion Ranch. Horseback riding, hiking, shooting, archery, rock climbing, e-biking, and a weekly ranch rodeo are among the numerous activities that you'll enjoy on your ranch vacation. Go Western for your next getaway. The White Stallion Ranch. Book your vacation now online at whitestallion.com or call 520-297-0252. 
The Tucson Trap and Ski Club is one of the best-kept economic secrets in town. This 900-member group maintains one of the finest shotgun shooting ranges in the country, featuring trap, skeet, five-stand, and sporting clays fields, and hosts national and international events that bring thousands of people and millions of dollars into our community. The Spring Satellite Grand American Tournament alone involves 1,200 participants for 10 days. Learn more about this and their other contributions to our community at TucsonTrapAndSkeet.com. As we recognize the service of America's men and women in uniform, let's also honor the families who sacrifice so much every day. Military families endure frequent deployments and separations. They carry on while their loved ones are sent into harm's way and wait patiently for their safe return. If you really want to honor a veteran, look for ways to support their families and thank them for their sacrifices. Go to legion.org slash honor veterans to find out how you can help. Imus Wilkinson Investments, 777-1911, is a unique investment management firm. They pay little attention to where the market indicators are because smart investment management goes way beyond checking stock exchanges. They are very good at managing all types of investment based on client expectations. They build relationships, and they want clients, not customers. My family is proudly included among them, and they'll help you, as they did us, design a portfolio that achieves what you want when you need it. Imus Wilkinson Investments, they're really good at what they do. 777-1911. You're Frank Gordon, eh? Any crime in that? Yes, there is. When that afternoon train comes through here for the east, you're going to be on it. Oh, no. I don't like trains. They make me seasick. You're going to be more than seasick if you don't take my advice. You ain't wanted in these parts. Folks are sure friendly around here, ain't you? This is the Voices of the West. If you like a lot of room around your roaming, where any place you stop, your heart's at home in. If you like to see a campfire in the gloaming, there's an open range ahead. If you like the sound of lazy cattle lowing, where miles of sage and tumbleweeds are growing, then it's time you do the only place you're going, is an open range ahead. We're back on Amal Francie's uh, Voices of the West. Uh, some, uh, and we got an open range all day. <laughs> some sense of the pioneers there for you. Open range ahead. Welcome hey. back to uh, the program. Hey. On the horn with us in Cochise County is uh, Doug Hogging. Hey, Doug. And Todd Roberts yeah. in Los Angeles. D- Doug, we're ready for Chapter 2 of the great uh, peso train <laughs> robbery. So ha- what, what, what happened next? Oh, well... Uh, Grant uh, had had pictures taken of himself and then distributed them to pretty girls. <laughs> yeah. Sly devil. Now nah, that's sly devil. <laughs> and uh, pursuing him now is Billy Breckenridge, now a railroad detective. You remember Billy from the movie? Uh, from the movie King Stone. Who, who yeah. had the hacks hot for that actor? Yeah. Anyway, yeah, yeah. I know his name, and I can't think of it. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Go ahead. But even more important than that, this robbery on the Wilcox Quantum inspired future outlaws. Four years later, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid would blow up their own express car. <laughs> Remember that? And it, mm-hmm. and too it, much dynamite there, Butch. And it happened pretty much... Uh, what, what yeah, they, they had what the same luck as the uh, guys in Wilcox. <laughs> Probably did yeah, irritate they, a lot of people. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, hey, uh, we know it was inspiration because you know where Butch and Sundance did it? And, oh, Wilcox. yeah, yeah. Wasn't in Wy- it was not in Wyoming, was it? No. It was, it was Wilcox, Wyoming. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. Those well, Wilcoxes. Wow. <laughs> That's oh. awesome. That's good. I love that. I love that That's good great, stuff. great story. These cowboys, <laughs> cowboys with idle time on their hands. Well, I watched this uh, great program. Uh, it was uh, uh, the story of Bronco Billy and... Uh, the silence shot in Niles, California, and this was done. Uh, Billy was still alive. Anderson, GM Anderson, was still alive 
uh, when they uh, were doing this, and so there was his voiceover. And he's talking about when he hires these cowboys, uh, he's getting the real McCoys to come mm-hmm. in and be on these pictures. And when they're done, they head over to the bar, and they get liquored up, and, and they have some fun, and they shoot up the place. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you, know, I, you know, I just happen to think, you know, one of the best jobs in the Old West had to be roofers. They always having to patch up those holes in the roof. Or a glazier. The number of windows they knock out in uh, gun smoke, for God's sake, you know. And nobody ever bothers to open a window. They always smash it. Well, you know, I was watching something last night. I have no idea what it is because it's on the Mexican channel. It was a contemporary thing up in the woods, up in the high Sierra somewhere. And uh, this guy and his dad and his little daughter, they're being... Besieged by a bunch of thugs. I don't know. Now, these guys, he, he had some of the worst henches. He should have hired us. Yeah, right. But but they're, uh, you know, it's wintertime and it's snow, of course, all that stuff. But they're under siege. And guess what? Mm. Old Pop, he goes upstairs with the 270 and the scope. Okay. And there's the window. Mm-hmm. And he slowly lifts it up, moves the curtain so it kind of sh- shades him. Mm-hmm. And he sits there and scopes everybody mm-hmm. down there until yep. he picks out the one he wants. Mm-hmm. Yep. Now, see, that's that's what you need. But it's not as dramatic. Yeah, but, but, yeah, as a, as but you a, know what? I, I preferred it because it's, it's real. Yeah. Hey, Doug, what uh, what was, have you watched any of the uh, new westerns that have come out? Like um, uh, 1883? 1880, I haven't seen 1883 yet. Uh, what's the other one uh, that uh, uh, Benedict is in? Um, oh, that's, that's The Power of the Dog. Our. our dog or something like that. Dog. Yeah, and there was another one, Pig. Well, there's one with, with uh, the black actor that's an all black. They call. I was reading one review and they said it was, this was a, a hip hop restroom. Mm. They said yeah, violent as hell. Harder they fall. No, harder they fall. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. hip hop western. So, have you watched any of those, Doug? No, I, I can't say that I have. The last one I watched, I think, was uh, the one with the two Sutherlands, uh, Forsaken. Mm-hmm. Did you guys see that one? Yeah, trying to remember which one. I, I, I know we, it. And I can't. I can't fuzz it out. Well, I, uh, we tried to watch the Power of the Dog. I think is the name of it. Uh, yeah. And uh, they did a great job turning New Zealand into 1925 Montana. But that's really about it. I, the the movie apparently is winning all kinds of accolades. I don't know where or how. Because oh, it's probably liberal media yeah, critics. You know, I mean, that, it, that don't know what the West the is scene, about. The, the scenery was great, but it, I mean, it's a story of two brothers who are at odds with one another. And okay, <laughs> what else? And that's it. Never been much. done before. You know, I'm thinking. <laughs> now, I never heard that story like that. Well, you know, I want to share one with you guys, and this this was going back to 1951. I told you about it Friday. Yeah. It's my outlaw brother with uh, Mickey, Rooney. Mickey Rooney and Wanda Hendricks, uh, Robert Preston, Robert Stack. And, I'll, and it was shot just outside of Mexico City. And, you know, it's one of those movies when you look at it and you go, Mickey Rooney in a Western, I don't know, mm-hmm. I never heard of it. And it was Eagle Eye and Productions. You're going, eh, I don't know. I'll tell you what. Sometimes you should look at those, eh, I don't know movies, because this sucker was well done. Mm-hmm. And the Mexico portion of it was so, it was like watching a, a ranchero movie. I mean, the vaqueros were real vaqueros, mm-hmm. the bandidos. It was just, in the locations, it was and beautifully shot. And that's also at the tail end of Mexico at one time mm-hmm. had the greatest cinematographers mm-hmm. in the world. Mm-hmm. But this was, you know, I, I would move this out of the, the B category where everybody puts it because of budget and whatnot into a, into a little, okay. maybe an A- minus or a B plus. But really, I recommend this guy a lot. Doug, have you seen any of the uh, Westerns? It's a uh, running, running Wild Films is the company and they, they've produced Bunches of movies, but uh, they've one one month for year. Yeah, they've done Plus twelve others. twelve westerns in twelve months, and uh, obviously, I don't think we'll find out next week. But I don't think they shot them all in one month's time. Each uh, some of them they shot two in one month. Yeah, but anyway, um, I think one they shot in like four or five days. Many of these were filmed down in uh, your neck of the woods. 
uh, down in Cochise County and, uh, and Dragoon and, and such. Um, just wondered if you may have seen any of those. They did a great one on uh, the, the, um, the, I want to say Pleasant Valley War, but that's not right. Pleasant Valley War. Yeah, okay, Pleasant Valley War, yeah. It was a great Pleasant documentary. Valley, I think it was yeah. the title. Uh, great documentary there. Uh, another one called Counting Bullets, a uh, story about uh, a shave tail a lieutenant uh, assigned to bring some nuns back, but they've been uh, mutilated by Apaches, and, well, things go south from there. And with the old old uh, yeah. master sergeant who's been broken down to sergeant because of his... Drinking, drinking. And, and but fact, it's it's a good it's a it's a humdinger. In fact, we've got that broken down master sergeant on our show next week, John Mars. We got him. We got him. Hooray! Next, for Let next me write week. that. Down. I don't have anything. I'm looking for something to write. <laughs> for right. your uh, tally yeah. pen there. Yeah, but uh, I'm going to use a real I, pen. <laughs> I was out at uh, at Mescal not too long ago. All right. And they were they're filming there again. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And they uh, were filming uh, Geronimo's Revenge. Uh-huh. And we'll, we'll have to see how that one comes out. Do you know the... Con- I think that's the name of a dish I had once down in Ensenada. Um, <laughs> that was Montezuma. Which, uh, by the way, lived up to its name. Let me just tell you now, and I'm not going to go into anything further. <laughs> Alrighty then. <laughs> yeah, that's good. No, okay. <laughs> yeah, he's he's done. All, he did uh, a thing on Pearl Heart. Mm-hmm. In fact, that's interesting because he shot the Pearl Heart one on a cell phone. Yeah, it, 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 you would never a figure. You can only tell. What, at least I could only one time when you could tell that there was a cell a a, a handheld camera being used because the uh, uh, the gimbal that or not gimbal the um, stabilizer they used. Well, you could. I mean, I have one like See, it. See, that's the way it I, used to be before yeah. Steadicams came yeah. along. Yeah. You know, Steadicam came, changed that whole thing. And yeah. nowadays they're using drones I know. doing those shots. It's I amazing. Know. I know. What do they think of next? Speaking of drones, I hear a wolf in the background. <laughs> uh, that's Ella, the attack dog. Yeah. <laughs> and she's, she's, her and Todd are fighting over a rib. I'm sure. <laughs> All right. Well, you know, I think what we'll do is go ahead and take another commercial break here. And yeah, it's that time again, you know. This is Emil Franzi's Voices of the West. my clockwork today. I know, it's pretty good. Um, our guest is Doug Hockey, down in Cochise County, Western Riders of America author. I'm Harry Alexander, along with Bunker de France and Todd Roberts. We'll be back with much more right after these important messages. When looking for a property management company, here are some things you should consider. How long has the company been in business? What types of properties can they manage for you? And does the company give back to the community? Well, your search is over. The Polash Management Company meets and exceeds those considerations. They've been in business in Tucson, Arizona since the 1960s. They manage all types of properties throughout Arizona and elsewhere, from residential to commercial to public sector properties. The Polash Management company also dedicates its time and resources to numerous community projects, including help funding the drive for the USS Arizona Memorial at the University of Arizona. You also want a property management company that puts you, the customer, first. Contact the Paul Ash Management Company today at paulashmanagement.com and ask about the complete package or call 520-795-2100. That's 520-795-2100. The Paul Ash Management Company. Property managers you can trust. Can you even imagine switching back to pen and paper to run your business? Every year we become more and more dependent upon our technology. If your network is not set up properly, you're just one click or one email away from losing data critical to your operation. Arizona Computer Guru offers a host of services to prevent and protect you from disaster. From online backup services to email filtering to fully managed network services, Arizona Computer Guru is here to keep your network secure, your data safe, and your budget in the black. To schedule your free consultation, call 3 304-8300. Hello, I'm
I'm Mr. Red. No doubt you've heard about rescue groups for dogs and cats. But did you know there's a rescue group for horses? That's right. It's called Horse It Around Rescue. Founders Steve Boyce and Teresa Worrell are helping out all those equine victims of neglect and cruelty by giving them a place to restore their health and wellness. And Horse It Around provides a nurturing and natural environment where horses can be horses. So they can be adopted out into forever homes. More than 120 horses, mules, and donkeys have been adopted out, but like everything else, it costs money to run the project. Horse It Around is a 501c3 nonprofit located in Southeast Arizona. Your tax deductible donations to Horse It Around will go a long way so those horses can be horses. Check out the website, horseitaroundrescue.org. Make a difference in a horse's life. That's horseitaroundrescue.org. You've got some cattle you want, Russell, but don't have enough henchmen of your own to do the job. Little lady up the road apiece won't strike a deal with you about water rights. You out there! Come one step near and old Bess here will spit right in your eye. So you need to strike your own deal, but you need the right henchman to do the job. The stage is hauling a Wells Fargo box loaded with gold. You've got the perfect spot to liberate that gold, but like henchmen to pull off the job. What to do? You better start packing a handgun. Call Red a Hench. We're a bad guy rental agency. We provide you with enough scruffy henchmen to tackle any job with specific directions. Just listen to what Red a Hench users have to say. Well, you know, when I joined Red a Hench, I was trained by Bud Osborne, Charlie King, and some of the best head henches there ever was. And I'm going to guarantee you that you cannot hench without the proper henches around you. And that's just a gentle hench. When you need sheer numbers of henchmen, call us. We specialize in stage holdups, water right disputes, squatter troubles, cattle rustling, and much more. Our rent henchmen may not be able to think their way out of a paper bag, but they sure can follow directions, and they won't sing to the law about you if they get caught. See our ad in the Saturday Evening Post or Harper's Weekly. Hey, not only that, when you're in the Long Branch and you want to go next door to Doc's to get that bullet out of your shoulder, get a rent to sit there on your place and keep your whiskey warm while you're gone. Red Hench, when you need bad guys to do bad guy stuff so you can keep your hands clean. You let me do the work. You want a job? Doing what? Catching the rest of those rustlers. Sure. You're hired. Here. Butcher John Hancock on this piece of paper. We don't need no piece of paper. If we can't get along without my name being on a piece of paper, we can't get along with it. This is the Voices of the West. I'm Emil Francis, Voices of the West, Harry Alexander, Bunker de France, and Todd Roberts in Los Angeles. On the horn and with us in Cochise County is uh, Doug Hawking, Western Writers of America well, author. You know, the Chinese, they're going to they're gonna add a new year to the Chinese calendar. They are? Year of the Hench. <laughs> <laughs> year of the Hench. <laughs> yeah, I think we started, we started something there. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Doug. I've got a question for you. Growing up over there in Dulce, New Mexico, in the midst of the Hickory of Apache, what was New Year's New Year's Eve like on the res up there? I know what it was like down in Griadosa. Well, uh, you know what? I don't think the Apaches bothered to celebrate the New Year. Well, I, I don't remember anything special happening on the res. Hmm. I don't. I don't either down in Redosa, but I know. I know there was a lot of a lot of uh, hooch drinking down there on New Year's. Of course, that was that was all year round. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, it seemed well, like a little more so on that day. The, the ones that did a lot of hooch drinking, we would generally find in the spring when the snow thawed out. <laughs> Your hands just. Clutching that bottle of ripples. That's right. Yeah, and the ripples were still in there. Yeah, you could finish it off for him. Well, Todd, you spent some time uh, on the reservations, uh, going to school and such. Do you recall any uh, anything about uh, New Year's Eve celebrations? Well, you know, I think that uh, it's funny. I, I remember I was in, I was hanging out over the years with many different American Indians, Native Americans. 
whatever you choose to be called. First Nation people. Whatever you choose to call them. Yeah. First people. First Nations people, indigenous peoples. Um, Real Americans. Real so Americans. Uh, and, uh, yeah, um, you also might call them uh, uh, Columbus's greeters. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I remember once I was talking to one and it was coming around, uh, the new year was coming, and I said to him, boy, I'm ready for this year to be over, and I'm so looking forward to the new year. And he looked at me, and he had this puzzled look on his face, and his name was uh, Lesser uh, Moore. Uh, his Indian name was Crashing Horns, and he said, well, why? I said, well, you know, just to get this behind me, and let, let's get on to the new year. He said, don't you know that a warrior doesn't track time? He doesn't live amongst time. He only lives in the moment. It doesn't matter what day it is. It doesn't matter what time it is. It doesn't matter what, the only thing that matters is what season you're in, and then you know what to hunt. <laughs> and I said, well, is that how you choose whether or not to wear long underwear or skivvies? And he said, yeah, that's probably it. Or maybe if I've got a woman in my life or not, that's uh, usually be by myself. So, you know, it's. Uh, I do remember, though, being on uh, Hopi, uh, Second Mesa in Old Arabi or Walpi, you know, otherwise known as. And I'd say, uh, you know, um, uh, one night we were out on the Mesa and it was pitch black. There's no lights. It's, the stars are very bright. And, I said to somebody, I said, uh, uh, where, where, where do we go when we want to uh, leave ourselves? He said, well, you just, uh, you know, you go off somewhere, go behind one of these houses, you know. But be careful. I said, oh, are there wild animals? He said, no. I said, uh, well, what's the problem? He said, well, you know, uh, every once in a while we put together a dance and some fellas will bring a bottle and start drinking, and then they go go out and relieve themselves, and they just don't come back. And I said, oh, do you think it's the spirits? Because it was a Kachina dance. And he said, no, they fall off the cliff. We find them in the spring. Well, so the regular cowboy out on the range, December 31st of 1873, is watching the cattle and really doesn't mark that. He passage. probably doesn't know what day of the week is. He probably doesn't know what month it is, yeah. other than close, maybe this, maybe that. Yeah. And sometimes they don't even know what year it is. Yeah, and so they're they're just doing their job, yeah. and that's it. They don't they don't care one. Bit. And they're not following the star to Bethlehem. No. They're just well, you know, it's funny you say that, Bunker, because you might remember the great film Jeremiah Johnson with Robert mm -hmm. Redford and Will Greer. Uh, written by John Milius and directed by Sidney Pollack. And, and Vardis and, Fisher uh, was there. And they're sitting there together, uh, he and Will Greer, and he says, when, when, when do you, what time of year do you think it is? He said, oh, I don't know. He said, what month do you think it is? He goes, uh, oh, probably late spring, late fall, late fall. He goes, well, when do you think it's going to be spring? He says, when you start to feel warmer. <laughs> so, <laughs> Well, hey, Doug, yeah. let me ask yes, you, sir. what do you think <clears throat> George Bascom or Tom Jeffers, how do you think they celebrated? <laughs> I throw curves. Well, uh, well, we, we know that uh, Tom would head down to uh, that saloon run by Oh, gosh. Uh, he had a favorite saloon there in Tucson that he would head for. And he would drink until the until he went to sleep on the floor. <laughs> Probably Pie Allen's saloon. <laughs> oh, I'm trying to remember the name of the fella. Um, no, no, not Handy. <laughs> Deb's, Deb's speaking from the other room here. Uh, oh gosh, that well, anyway. that's okay. The guy that owned he the wrote saloon. He yeah. talked about his experiences. Came to Arizona during the Civil War as a sergeant, and uh, he was honest in his recollections. It wasn't George. Uh, was with, George Han was it? Was with big. Uh, yeah, Big Maria last night gave her 50 cents. 
<laughs> so, never mind. Was that George Han? Maybe, maybe it was Han. Yeah, yeah Debbie said it's George Han. Have you have you Chuck? read his his his, his work? I, you know, he years and years ago, like in the 50s here, they used to daily in the paper run that his daily uh, diary entry. And a lot of times the diary entry for uh, January 1st, 1879 would be woke up late, bad hangover, went back to bed. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't bother to open the bar today. No. Huh? Well, a girlfriend of ours uh, texted uh, last night, said, nah, I don't think I'm going anywhere. I can't find anything to wear to the living room. <laughs> hey, Doug, what, what, are there any old, old, where are the oldest buildings left in Tucson from that period of time where Jeffords might have visited or whoever might have visited? Are there anything, is there anything left? Yeah. Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, Fort Lowell. Yep. And uh, you've got uh, uh, portions of the Presidio sort of left it down there at the Presidio Museum right. downtown. Yep. Uh, nothing really complete, but... Uh, you got some of the old foundation homes, too. Yeah, around the Presidio, you can see remnants of uh, the wall now, this, that existed. This is going. This is going to show you how bad Tucson is with their historical heritage. Uh, they're on Alameda. Mm -hmm. uh, that whole block at one time was part of the original. Was, was, the, 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 was the Presidio? My dad had yeah. an office at I think it was like 109 West Alameda. Mm -hmm. the door was right straight across from the uh, sheriff's office there in the mm -hmm. county building. Mm -hmm. And if you went out the back door, the and these were all you know the little narrow rooms with a long you know long like shotguns. Yeah, and, but if you went out the back door, there were there was now a parking lot. Mm -hmm. Then was a parking lot, mm -hmm. but before it had been the you know the interior courtyard. Mm -hmm. What there was a grape arbor there that dated back to the original Presidio. Wow. And they tore that all down to put in the Transamerica building. And it's a wonder what what little was left didn't get torn down as well. Yep. Yeah. I look I look at that every time I go down there and I just I get I cringe. Historical preservation in this town and in some cases in this state leave a lot to be desired. Well look at the old the old um, uh, hotel Coronado Hotel out yep. there. This place Teddy Roosevelt, uh, Maharajas, Shahs, people from all over the world stayed yep, there. This yep. was like one of the great hotels mm -hmm. of the West. And they tore it down so they could build El Con Mall, which is a ghost town now. <laughs> hey, all in the name you of progress. Well, look at downtown Tucson, you know, down there at Meyer Street, where the, you know, where the, or uh, what do you call it, that courtyard BS thing that they built. <laughs> But Meyer Street looked like looked like old New Orleans. It was brick buildings. This was like you know the first flourish sure. after the railroads yeah, came. Yeah. Uh, brick buildings with you know with the overhanging over the sidewalk, uh, iron grill work up and down. And the place was beautiful, and it was run down. And it but it was also the uh, barrio and the Mexican largest portion of the Mexican population in Tucson lived in that area, mm -hmm. and our loving. City government said, "You know, we've got too many Hispanics living in this district. We got to get rid of them and the district." Hmm. Yep. Typical Arizona. Well, you know, it reminds me of the line in Chinatown by John Houston. Jake Giddies, Jack Nicholson looks at John Houston uh, and says, uh, "Oh, you, you're you're a very respectable man, you know." And uh, John Houston says. Orders, buildings get to be respectable if they last long and last long enough and get old. <laughs> That's how I got old. That's how I got respectable. Yeah. All right. Yeah. And on that note, we got to do our final commercial break. It's going too damn fast. You know, I can't help that. Time Don't slow it down, time, Harry. Time just—it's all relative. <laughs> Emil Franzi's Voices of the West, Harry Alexander, Bunker de France, Todd Roberts with you, and our guest is uh, Doug Hawking in Cochise County. We'll be back with much more after this. Yeah. 
Arizona, the land of cattle, copper, and cowboys. It's also the true west where a large number of westerns were filmed. For your next vacation, come out to where Wyatt Earp made a name for himself as a highly respected sheriff. Stay where Jimmy Stewart filmed Winchester 73. That would be the White Stallion Ranch. Situated in the mountains just northwest of Tucson, the White Stallion Ranch is an award-winning dude ranch with 43 guest rooms and the Hacienda. That's a five-bedroom, three-bathroom home perfect for larger families, family reunions, and girlfriend getaways. Every guest room has a private patio with views of the cactus gardens, mountains, or corrals. Generous floor plans offer sunny, comfortable rooms, but you won't want to stay in your room. Outdoor activities are plentiful at the White Stallion Ranch. Horseback riding, hiking, shooting, archery, rock climbing, e-biking, and a weekly ranch rodeo are among the numerous activities that you'll enjoy on your ranch vacation. Go Western for your next getaway. The White Stallion Ranch. Book your vacation now online at whitestallion.com or call 520-297-0252. Imus Wilkinson Investments, 777-1911, is a unique investment management firm. They pay little attention to where the market indicators are because smart investment management goes way beyond checking stock exchanges. They are very good at managing all types of investment based on client expectations. They build relationships, and they want clients, not customers. My family is proudly included among them, and they'll help you, as they did us, design a portfolio that achieves what you want when you need it. Imus Wilkinson Investments, they're really good at what they do. 777-1911. America, let me tell you about Sergeant Greg Anderson. Served two tours in Afghanistan, Bronze Star and Purple Heart recipient, and unemployed. The unemployment rate among transitioning service members is unacceptably high, much higher than the general population. Veterans are a proven commodity. They're mature, reliable, and hardworking. They deserve a chance to get back to work after serving their country. Do you really want to honor a veteran? Hire one. Go to legion.org slash honor veterans to find out how you can help. Besides bringing millions a year into this community with national and international events, the Tucson Trap and Skeet Club at 7800 West Old Ajo Highway services the local shooting sports community with a 380-acre site featuring trap, skeet, five stand, and two sporting clays fields, as well as a 9,000-square-foot clubhouse, which all is available to local shooters, and soon an archery range. Check it out at TucsonTrapAndSkeet.com or take a drive out west of town and see it for yourself. New members or single-day use, welcome. What's all the excitement? Just a couple of the boys hurt, that's all. Phil and Eddie. We served those papers and the old man put up a fight. Well, that takes care of Prentice on a felony charge. Prentice started the shooting, but somebody else fired the shots that hit him. I couldn't tell whether his neighbors or friends of his. I'll still say it was Prentice. I'll get out a warrant. Looks like you're doing all right around here, Mac. What do you want that old fellow's ranch for? Going to start raising beef? It's not what's on top of that land, Julie. It's what's underneath it that counts. You mean a gold mine? Something like that. This is the Voices of the West. I've got a horse and saddle and a 44 gun. I'm on the trail each morning to greet the prairie sun. I'm a high pollutant shooting student son of a gun from Ocean way out in the west. The old of that stuff all day long. Jimmy Wakely Trio. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We're back on Able Franzi's Voices of the West. Aaron Alexander, Bucket of France. Todd Roberts, our guest is Doug Hawking down here. You know, I know Coach what's under the ground on that ranch. You do? It's a brass mine. Yeah, but it could be. Could it be a brass mine. Could be. Hey, Doug, you still yeah. have Doug's store, or, 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 or did the situation put you out of business? You mean the online store? Oh, yeah, your Doug store, you know, where you sell you sell your books and, and your old underwear and stuff. <laughs> oh, no, we're still doing that. We, we go around various places and various shows. Uh, heck, I'm, I'm headed up to Prescott to speak on Thursday, and we'll be selling some books up there. Oh, good. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to think of the next big one. Uh, Tucson Festival of Books, unless yeah. they decide. That, I'll uh, see you there, but I'll see you sooner. Yeah, yeah, I believe that's going to be happening again this year. Yeah, so far, so far, yeah. Yeah. 
That is uh, right. The mayor doesn't. Ladies of the West. Mm-hmm. Yeah. With uh, eight Western authors in there signing books. Mm-hmm. That's a hoot. I enjoyed always staying there and visiting. Of course, you know, I know nobody got any books sold when I'm hanging around, but that's all right. <laughs> what else? What, what other books? What other books you working on? Uh, got any outlines on anything else, Doug? Oh, you know, I'll, I'll come up with something once I've got this one off to the publisher. Mm-hmm. Um, are you? Are you? You're pretty I don't much. Know exactly where it'll go. You're not doing any fiction uh, anymore, are you? You're just, just uh, non-fiction pretty much, right? Yeah. I, you know, I've, I've got a, a fiction series planned, and uh, but I keep writing the histories. <laughs> the histories keep winning awards. Yeah. What am I supposed to do? There well, you yeah, and, you know, and I've noticed, I've noticed, you know, with, with, like you're reading the Roundup, that it seems like all the non-fiction is there's more nonfiction and fiction being out there, and also it seems to be selling better. Yeah, the, the nonfiction does seem to be selling better, and um, I can't completely explain it. I think it's great, um, you know, because it's it wanted yeah. it's you know it's like promoting our history and our heritage and. And uh, you know I love fiction, but like you said, you know you get you get into some of these nonfiction things, and you go, you know, if Doug had put that in a fiction book, I wouldn't have believed it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, you know, and and it's getting strange out there. Uh, the uh, Western Writers of America convention was really frightening mm. uh, with some of the things that they were talking about. Uh, one fella uh, got back 22 pages of changes that the lawyers wanted to his yeah to his book to make it more politically correct. Oh, for crying out loud! Yeah, it, it's it seems to be the way our country is going anymore is uh, no more no more individualism, no more you know. This is my story, and I'm going to tell it. It's uh, this is our story, and you better tell it our way. He did tell the uh, lawyers to pound sand, didn't he? Uh, no. Oh, that, that's too. Bad. <laughs> but he was truly upset. And what's what's interesting is he he is already so politically correct. It's frightening. Oh my God. Oh boy. <laughs> well, I can just see it now. Somebody's going to come out with a book. And it's going to start with, and Christopher Columbus landed on this island, and there was the Native American Chamber of Commerce welcoming them <laughs> onto their their land and saying, "Come on in, we got women to rape and and, and goods to steal. Come in, we're welcome, my bring, dear Bring friend. us your diseases. Yes, yes. I'll send one of ours yeah. back. <laughs> yeah, that that that's yeah. really sad. I mean, uh, I, I I can't even think of a cowboy that is politically correct. <laughs> you can't be a cowboy and be politically correct. It's, 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 yeah, that goes against the grain. I think so. Uh, the other thing they had a, a, a panel over was, uh, you know, who owns history? And uh, whoever writes it. Tell them, <laughs> well, that's how I kind of figure it. Yeah, right. But... Uh, <laughs> You know, it's. It, uh, I remember one fellow saying, "Well, you know, the Indians have ceremonies and knowledge that is specific to men and to specific groups, and we have to be sensitive to that because we don't have anything like that in our culture." Freak, you never heard of the Masons? <laughs> <laughs> Careful there, brother. To Columbus, so the Elks Lodge, oh, or uh, uh, Boy Scouts, or, or, or Girl the Scouts. Kawana, the, the, yeah, the Girl Scouts, the Boy Scouts. Boy. The, the left t- ruins everything they touch. Yep. They've ruined education. They've ruined sports, the professional sports. They are now, of course, have encroached on horribly, horribly on uh, collegiate sports. They've they ruin everything they touch. They can't help it. I wish they'd touch themselves. When you wake up every day uh, uh, with a hollowness in your soul for not having another project or someone to save, 
you're going to eventually go out and save people who don't want to be saved and ruin their existence. <laughs> well, I guarantee you one thing, gentlemen, uh, that'll never happen on this program. Mm-hmm. Uh, never. Never in a million years. I can't even spell for Amen. Correct. Hey, Franzi had come back and... Oh, he'd kick our butts <laughs> if we did. Yeah. So, <laughs> that dog ain't going to hunt. <laughs> hey, we're pretty much out of time here. Doug Hawking, thank you so much for joining us. Give uh, give Sam Spade a stroke. Yeah. Tell Debbie howdy for me. Yeah, say hey to Debbie. Give Sam well, Spade a stroke for here. us. You All right. In the other room. All right. Okay. Next week. Uh, happy New Year, All right. Thank you. Next uh, time we get together, John Mars will be joining us. He's an actor. He's uh, partnered with uh, Travis Mills in Running Wild Films and 12 Westerns in 12 months, and by golly, it's a good hell stuff. of a talented man. Very much so. He'll be with us in studio next week. Until I'm then, 78, 79, 2022 O's. <laughs> so long, Thanks for listening to Emil Franzi's Voices of the West.